expensive studio i want you all to know that uh but this is one of the most pivotal days in nebraska football history uh matt rule was hired as the 31st coach in nebraska football history mm -hmm. uh it was announced today via initially via ian rapaport and then announced by the university mm -hmm. uh it is officially fuck iowa day we take down iowa it's not even the biggest news of the day we have our new head coach for the future we have our uh trigger man going forward uh scotty cheers joe it. Cheers, buddy. You did it. This was your guy from the start. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah, this was from the very beginning, even before he was fired from the Panthers. This was your guy. So yeah. I don't know I if you probably, willed this into existence or what, but this was, uh, I'm at least giving you partial credit here. I think I was just looking last time I did a live show was the day after Scott Frost was fired, or two days. No, the next day after Scott Frost was fired. So going back and changing the title and stuff of this video was getting rid of Scott Frost firing. I probably, I'm not going to go back and listen because I can't listen to my voice that much. But that was probably when I first said it, maybe Matt Rule. Um, don't, you know, quote me on that. That might not be entirely true. Um, but before we get into talking about Matt Rule, which we, were do, which we will do nonstop, um, Nebraska beat Iowa yesterday. Yes, we did. And we'll probably go into the game more later. But first, I want to say some thank yous. Okay, boys. I want to I want to thank some of the boys. The season is um, over. We're not going to a bowl. Season is over. We are not going to a bowl once again. But we went out on a high note. We beat the disgusting Iowa Hawkeyes. Disgusting. And really, I mean, we thought we were going to beat the fuck out of them. I am not proud of how I conducted myself later in that game. Uh, I was very concerned that we were going to oh lose that God. game. Especially I, when we punted. When we punted with a minute twenty five left. I was beside myself. We were at what the thirty-two yard line. So I, I was actually going to a concert. Concert got moved um, to this date, and I was able to watch the rest of the game. But I was like driving. My girlfriend was driving the car, so I'm watching on my phone. I'm like, "Fuck this! I'm turning oh my this God. off. I hate this team." Turn it off. Didn't really turn it off. Was like watching, checking Twitter constantly, and check constantly checking the game. Um, but you know. We we went up, we ended up getting food before, so I had to kind of watch it anyway. Um, but after some nail biting, you know, we're we're not really gonna remember the nail biting and the way it ended. We're gonna remember that we beat Iowa. We're mm -hmm. gonna remember Casey Thompson's three touchdown passes. We're gonna remember Trey Palmer taking the top off that defense again. Uh, we're gonna remember Garrett Nelson. Garrett Nelson running off the field, grabbing the trophy from. How did the Iowa fans? I don't know how the, the hell trophy? that happened. What was going on with that? I don't know. Somebody <laughs> had to like fight uh, some Iowa lady for the trophy, and then shout out to her though. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> she was pissed, uh, but carrying it through, giving it to all the Husker fans that he could. Yeah. Um, I texted you after the game that that was. I felt so good for Garrett Nelson. Nobody's put in more to this program than him over the last four years. Yeah, he, you can tell what it means to him. Nebraska boy, he's had it tough. I mean, and he's had some incredibly candid interviews where he's like, yeah, you don't always get what you want in life. Yeah, <laughs> Things haven't worked out the way I wanted them to. Right. Um, and I, I think he's, you know, one of the best captains the Huskers have had in the last 20 years. He's a dog. Everybody loves him. He's from, he's from the state. Um, he deserves all all the thanks and flowers you can give him today. So Garrett Nelson will be our first thank you. So why don't we raise raise a cup, Bud Light, 
or ice cold Budweiser. I broke out the uh, the frost advisory koozie. Had to do it. Uh, cheers to Garrett Nelson. Do we have any riled up gear? Uh, I don't think I, I ever got a riled up shirt. That was our mm. freshman year, right? It was our freshman. I never got a riled up shirt, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think I ever got a frost advisory shirt either. Thank you. Um, but that was our first thank you. Thank you to Garrett Nelson. We'll see if he's back. I don't think he knows for sure. Um, I would think there's a good chance. I'm pretty he's sure back. he walked, but I think he does have another year of eligibility if he wants. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, our next thank you uh, goes to a man who is not coming back. He announced almost immediately after the Matt Rule hire was uh, Trey Palmer. So why don't we first uh, raise a glass? Thank you, Trey. Thank you to Trey Palmer. What was his stats from yesterday? Uh, he had, I want to say, nine catches, 186. 165 yards, two touchdowns. Probably could have had a lot more. We played very conservative at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's declaring for the NFL draft. Became the first Husker receiver to top 1,000 yards in a season? Second. Second. Oh, who's done it before? Stanley Morgan. Oh, Stanley Morgan got there. That's right. But yep. he broke his record. Broke Stanley Morgan's record. That's right. That's right. Yep. Incredible season. Best season we've ever seen from a wide receiver. He was awesome. Uh, hopefully he wins every Super Bowl ever. Uh, he's probably going to do it with the Chiefs, let's be honest. Um but you know, thank you to him. He was he was a big bright spot. Like I think when you think of players and you think of this season, I think you're going to think of him as the bright spot. I mean, at, after that Purdue game, he was leading the country in receiving yards. He was the highest graded wide receiver on PFF. Mm-hmm. Um, huge bright spot to this team. Wish him all the luck in the world. Uh, I know he's going to do great things in the National Football League. Couple things. So PFF has him as their 95th rated prospect, which would be a round three. However. You have to know that a 95th rated receiver might be taken in the second round with the market on receivers currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a receiver who plays sort of the same way that uh, Justin Jefferson does, was coached by the same coach uh, for all of his years in college. And Jamar Chase, yeah. And Jamar Chase. I think the only time he ever really, he's just had a couple of drops uh, through the season, which maybe hurts him a little bit. I don't, I mean, he's definitely making a team. I think he could, if he comes back another year, he has a shot at being, a very good shot at being a first round uh draft pick so you know that's his decision and i think we'll see how the combine goes i it would be tough for him to crack the first round but i think this year yeah, yeah. this year yeah but i think second or third round draft pick is pretty much a lock for him at this point yeah he's a, he's a fucking dog dude um next thank you goes to the uh, trigger man casey thompson mm-hmm. uh, coming in has swiss cheese for an o-line battles through injury all year uh makes huge plays Without that, without him, that offense didn't function. He's awesome. He's a great leader. Um, he has a decision to make whether he wants to come back. I know he's getting his graduate degree this December. But he was another bright spot on this team. Consummate leader. Very intelligent. Love to hear him talk. Represented the university well. So let's raise let's raise a glass to Mr. Casey Thompson. Sweet hair, cheers, too. Cheers to Casey Thompson. Dumb. Yeah, really good season by him. Not a lot of guys could have done what he would have done. Um what do you think? Do you want him to come back? I'd love him to come back. I'd love him to come back. Yeah. How much of that is you don't uh, know what you've got right now with the quarterbacks behind him? Well, that's certainly part of it. Um, I think Matt Rule is probably going to try and get a guy to transfer in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, I mean, if Casey Thompson's our starting quarterback next year, I feel very good about that. Um, I think I mean, you do you- like, there's one quarterback that I would really like to see on our roster. I hope he doesn't transfer out. Uh, and that's Torres. Uh, everyone says that he's got a cannon for an arm. I think you would fit. What's going on? Uh, no, keep going. We'll, we'll circle back. 
I think he would fit into uh, Matt Rule's offense very well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I also think Casey Thompson would too. And I think Kate, this might be Casey's de- best shot in having uh, like a real NFL coach give him a last year of prep if he wants to go play in, at the next level. Because, I mean, he's great. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I was huge fan of him coming in. I thought very much dark horse Heisman contender. Obviously, that's, not when, we, that's when we thought this was going to be a good team. It was not. Um, I mean, really, all concerns about next year, and we'll get into expectations later, uh, stem from just offensive line play i would say uh do you have the stream open by chance i just pulled it up okay you want to check see if we have any comments i don't know if, i don't know if you can get those where do you might, if, if yeah it might not be there uh we got a comment uh oh here it is lee corso should have been nebraska's first choice you know i've been big on the lee corso to nebraska train since the beginning um <laughs> who who commented that somebody named bunce okay yeah, I mean, maybe Lee Corso, the offensive coordinator. I will say Lee Corso, I think, looked better today. Uh, I don't think you got a chance to watch any game day, but... I did, actually. His uh, health is, he looked better today? Yeah, he looked better than last time, <laughs> I thought. Yeah. We love Yikes. Coach. We love Coach. Um, but uh, let's make sure we're taking care of Coach. Yeah. That's uh, that's all I got to say. You, you want to say anything more about Mr. Thompson? Um, No, thank you, Casey. Thank you, Casey. Um, so that's all I have for thank yous for players. Uh, a lot of other great players. I don't want to say that they weren't awesome, uh, but those are my standouts. The next person I want to thank, uh, without him, I don't think we win a game. Maybe we won one game this season. I want to thank Mr. Bill Bush, Mm -hmm. uh, moving to defensive coordinator. So here's to Mr. Bill Bush. Thank you, Bill. Big time. Cheers to Bill Bush. Bill Bush took over after the Oklahoma game when we gave up 49 points. Since then, I'm looking the most we gave up uh, was that Purdue game. But, you know, they're the Big Ten West champs, so what can you say? But Hopefully. took over a defense that was on pace to be the worst defense in the history of Nebraska, on pace to be the worst defense in college football this year. Fucking stunk. Uh, 21 against a really good Indiana offense, held records to 13-0 in the second half. Uh, Purdue was a tough game, but uh, What's Illinois. What's next name, Blake? No. Aiden O'Connell? Yes. He was throwing that. I will say he, he was. was throwing and they had, you know, 115 plays, but only like 6.5 yards per play. Yeah. Uh, defense played really well against Minnesota, played as good as could be expected against Michigan. Uh, and, a lot great, of, it, and then two great games against Wisconsin and Iowa. And they would probably would have played even better, but I mean, without Casey Thompson, that offense wasn't moving the ball at all. Right, right. So Especially the Illinois game. Definitely not helping them out at all. But Bill no. Bush has been around Nebraska before. Um, not sure if he's going to stay on the staff. He was an analyst like six months ago or a year right, ago. But that was sort of like, he just wanted to be in the building. in and around the staff. Yeah. They, Bill, he definitely was worthy of an assistant coaching spot. Yeah. Bill Bush, uh, big thank you to him, sir. A uh, huge reason we have, we had, we had some enjoyment this season without him. Uh, we don't have any enjoyment. And then Scott, my, uh, my last thank you goes to Mr. Mickey Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Joseph did a fantastic job. I think um, didn't quite get enough wins to become head coach. There was a lot to ask. I don't think right. anyone necessarily expected that it was going to happen, uh, but gave us some really bright moments, uh, made this season fun, gave us something to cheer for, kept us in games, gave us bright spots, best position coach in the country. Uh, hopefully we can keep him on. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, at this point, but he's awesome. I think Nebraska should be forever grateful. Um, hugely impactful. 
Cheers. Thank you, Joseph. Thank, Thank you, Coach. Um, yeah, brought a really high level of accountability to the coaching spot that we haven't seen for a long time at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, players clearly love him. He was very honest with the media and the fans. Yeah. Honest about his desire to be the head coach, which I thought was really cool as well. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, definitely a man committed to the program. He's good at what he does. He'll de- he'll be a head coach someday. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and if also if he leaves, if somebody offers him a head coaching job and he leaves, I'm very happy for him. Happy for me. 100. Yeah. percent I think mm-hmm. he should take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm trying to think. Yeah. If so, if Nebraska had beaten Northwestern and had held on to our 14 to three lead against Wisconsin, we would be uh, going to Indianapolis next week. Well, if we beat Northwestern, Scott Frost probably not fired. And then we lose. You might be right. You might be right. We lose all the rest of them, which you Northwestern, might be right. I don't know. We're, uh, we're keeping our eye on a couple of college games going on right now. Uh, yep. Mostly the game, Michigan, Ohio state mm-hmm. uh, in the shoe is Northwestern playing right now. Or are they playing later? Because Northwestern has not won a game this season besides against Nebraska. Uh, which is awesome. So appreciate that. Um, and again, we'll get into expectations later. Um, yeah, well, damn, West it looks like stinks. it does stink. And it looks like that Purdue team is going to make it out. But I really hope that they lose today because I would love to see Iowa get smashed by either Michigan or Ohio State. Well, Illinois could still win it. Too. Illinois could still win it. Holy yeah, smokes. if Purdue loses and I- Illinois wins, then Illinois makes it. What is the scenario remaining for Iowa? I know Iowa is not completely out. If Purdue and Illinois both lose. If Purdue and Illinois both lose. Today. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they could make it. There's, yeah. Which Good. I think Iowa, Iowa has six wins, right? Or no, they have seven. Seven, okay. seven and five. Yep. They have set a seven win team winning the Big Ten West. This division's fucking terrible. It is terrible. The um, the only other time that's happened. So Mich- or Wisconsin, the year that they actually won the Big Ten in 2012, so had a seven and five team. Yes, and they, they beat, beat us. The breaks off us. Beat a thirty in a year that we had already beaten them once. Was that, um, was that Russell Wilson wasn't on that team? Was Russell he? Wilson was not on that team. Well, when, which he was on a Wisconsin team, right? Yeah, he was on the Wisconsin team the first year we were in the Big Ten. Okay, well, and we had some sweet highlights, like two of the like best two Nebraska of the best plays, yeah, of, of last, this like, century, twenty of this years, decade, yeah. Came from or that game, Millennium. the block from Kenny Bell, and that Taylor Martinez like seventy-five yard rush. T Magic, I was there for that game. Were you really? I was. was That's terrible. fucking awesome. Well, yeah, it was also terrible. Um, we got a question: Any uh, <laughs> Nebraska rules with an RH? Uh, any Nebraska players you think are going to play on Sundays next year? I mean, Palmer. Palmer, sure. I think there's a couple guys on defense that could if they go. I think Miles My- Farmer is somebody who has the NFL type body that people like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really big corner. He could play. What? What? No, okay. Um, I think a couple of our linebackers definitely have a shot as well. Uh, we've got a lot of edge type guys who could probably make their way onto a practice squad and then onto the field. We've got a lot of freak athletes at that position. Um, what do you think Oshawan Mathis does? He's got another year of eligibility. Do you I think, think he, he probably waits another year? Because I think his stock definitely dropped. Yeah, because we yeah. thought. Hey, shout out to Oshawan Mathis. Hey, he had a great game. He had a really good last. He half had of a great season. game. He had really good moments, but mm-hmm. we're sorry. We stink. Yeah, ECU yeah. is really good. That's kind of tough. Um, I want to maybe you know off the top of your head. I couldn't find it really quickly. Uh, defensive back for Nebraska, I'm blanking on his name, set the record for most games played 
at Nebraska. Caleb Tanner. Caleb Tanner. That was he's a Caleb he's Tanner. an edge player. Yeah, he's an outside linebacker. Was that Caleb? Okay. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, he's a Jack linebacker. Thank you, Caleb. Thank Tanner. you, Caleb Tanner. He was in Scott Frost's first recruiting class. Uh, Frost advisory, baby. Let's go. He had one of the best videos of all time um, for a commitment where he just starts chucking hats off the table and had a Nebraska <laughs> on signing day and had a Nebraska hat uh, taped to the bottom of the table. I appreciate it a lot when high schoolers like really give their all in those commitment videos and do something mm-hmm. for it. Cause like you're 17 or 18, whatever. And like, hopefully you're a great player, but you're not yet. So like all these people coming out, if you do something awesome, I think you get a lot of bonus points in my book. Um, uh, USMC Sully says, where's Rule going to recruit from? He's going to recruit from Texas. We know that. Uh, he might have the highest uh, Q score of any coach from Texas. If you're talking to the Texas high school guys. Texas high school coaches. Uh, love. They love Matt Rule. He definitely does have a presence in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan, which mm. is sort of an area where we've been really trying to get into. Haven't been very successful at it since we've moved to the Big Ten. Uh, but he's from Pennsylvania. He played at Pennsylvania. He coached in Philadelphia. He has a lot of connections there as well. So I think ties to two really good recruiting grounds that Nebraska hasn't really been in for a while, at least not Texas. We haven't been in in, in 10 years. Uh, we've primarily been recruiting out of Florida, the Midwest, and uh, California. But it'll it'll be interesting to see a shift. We, I mean, Nebraska to Texas pipeline is back open now with rule. Yeah. Okay. So... Technically, obviously, we've talked about it. Uh, let's transition away from our thank yous. Uh, originally reported by Ian Rappaport this morning, source former Panthers head coach Matt Rule is taking the Nebraska job. It's not signed yet, but all parties are on the same page. He'll be their new coach. A minute later, tweets the deal between Matt Rule and Nebraska has been agreed to. Source said he lands in a perfect place. Uh, Trev Alberts will introduce Rule during a 1.30 p.m. press conference on Monday at Hawks Championship Center. Quote, it is a privilege to welcome Coach Matt Rule, his wife Julie, and their family to Nebraska. Alberts, oh, Coach Rule has created a winning culture throughout his coaching career, and he will provide great leadership for the young men in our football program. Matt is detail-oriented. His teams are disciplined and play a physical brand of football. Matt also has the personality and relationship-building skills to build a great staff and excel in recruiting. Rule takes over as the 31st, or, end quote. Rule takes over the 31st football coach in the program's 132-year history. Uh, I'm not sure we have exact numbers, but it's widely being reported that this is an eight-year contract. So this is something that we kind of expected. There was some reporting last week, or was that two weeks ago? Time has kind of slowed down. That he had either turned down the job, some hiccup came up. Um, Maybe it was because of Matt Rule. Maybe it was because of Nebraska. Maybe it was because of the Panthers. Um, I I think it had to do with Stoops getting that extension and really upping the fair market value for a coach around that ability level. I think pretty much everyone would, would consider Matt rule to be a higher profile coach than stoops mm-hmm. or at least at the same level stoops now getting paid around eight and a half, nine mil a year. Whereas I think initially it was reported Nebraska was offering rule six and a half or seven. Uh, so I think it just really upped the numbers for what rule was Gonna yeah. get. I think there was also some negotiating to be done on Nebraska and um, the Carolina Panthers part. What the what Carolina would be paying going forward. I think there was probably just a negotiated lump sum amount mm-hmm. that the Panthers gave. I mean, all all of this will become public knowledge here shortly. Yeah. Um. Well, first of all, it's not like Nebraska. You know, 
we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel for this. No, we we no, have no, the no, money no. to pay him fifteen million if that was what we was have required. Infinite money. And yeah. I think that what's really important, what's more important than the amount that Matt Rule is going to get paid, is I want to know how much is going to be given to the assistants. So because a lot of his salary will be offset by the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. uh, where he was just fired from. Um, and well, well, a lot of the there's a lot of high. Uh, or big name assistants out there for him to go get, but they're going to be expensive to do so. But he does have deep connections with guys who could be really, really good assistants. So mm-hmm. the first two are already on the staff. You don't have to drive far to go get them. But that's Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph. Mm-hmm. I think both are either elite level non-coordinators or really good coordinators if you want them to be. Uh, both are really good recruiters as well. So I think worth it to have a spot on their staff wherever you put them. Um, well, uh, we'll come back to this, but before we get into that, just, I mean, this just happened this morning. We, we were pretty sure it was going to happen yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to college game day. They said, well, it was still being reported by Ian Rappaport. Hadn't been confirmed. They said rule was going to be on game day, which clearly said, okay, yeah, that was like, okay, it. now that's it's it. right. Yeah. They, uh, they wouldn't send him out there to, for him to not know or no, not answer. That would have been a bad move. Right. If yeah. it was still hadn't been signed, he was on yeah. game day. That would have been bad. Yeah. Uh, I just want to know your instant reaction. Um, let's say, People haven't seen you before. They haven't seen us. Um, what are your initial thoughts of the hiring of Matt Rule as the next Nebraska football coach? I think I think it's excellent. I will say, um, I'm not going to say that there aren't guys I would have rather had than Rule. That definitely is the case. But I think list, this was right? still, it's a very short list. And I think in terms of those guys, uh, Matt Rule might have the highest ceiling of anybody. Yeah. I think that he's going to take this program to the next level. I do think, though, that there's a little bit of volatility there. Uh, my drawbacks to Matt Rule, it doesn't seem like Nebraska is a job that he's going to stay at for life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like... Um, Very It young. seems like there's the potential for a, a, a low floor for Matt Rule. Um, now, that being said, I think this is a huge upgrade at the coaching position for Nebraska. I think that this was also an upgrade for the university to go after a big-name coach, pay someone a lot of money who wasn't previously affiliated with the, the organization. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I really like this move. I would give it an A or an A plus. Yeah, I think I think I feel the same way. Um, I mean, really, the only I mean, there's maybe like two guys that I would thought could do better, and that would be like Fickle. Yeah, Fickle was on that for me. Fickle, Fickle, and, Fickle then, and Urban, like Urban. Yeah, and which and also like Urban has all that baggage and stuff, which you kind of have to take into consideration. Yep. Um, Rule doesn't have that. I mean, Fickle doesn't have that, and Fickle was not really something we talked about ever. No, it was reported. Not reported, but like flight uh, trackers, whatever, got really on about some flights in and out of Ohio at the last minute. Yeah. And then there, it did seem like it was reported by some Cincinnati writers that there was something to that, that there had been maybe some talks of some kind. Yep. So we thought maybe that's going to happen. Obviously, didn't end up happening. Yep. Uh, Matt Rule came back in. Matt Rule, former head coach at Temple. Uh, started their first season two and ten, then six and six, then ten and four, then ten and three. They make then he makes the jump to Baylor after the Art Briles sexual assault uh, scandal where they lose like 30, 40 players. His first year they go one and eleven, then they go seven and six, and then eleven and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think did they win the Sugar Bowl, something like that. I believe they won in New York six. Um, they lost in the Sugar Bowl. No, they lost right because they they lost the. Big 12 championship game. Yeah. And then um, lost the lost the bowl game. So 2020, obviously weird season. I don't have their exact record pulled up. Baylor had a bad record that year. 
Then 2021 with Dave Aranda, they win the Big 12. That's a lot of Matt Rule's guys there. Yeah. Um, which even gives me more hope because Baylor's not very good this year. I think they're sitting at six and six as we're uh, filming this. Um, this guy can be a really fucking good coach. He's been doing some media. I hadn't really heard him talk much. It was kind of interesting to hear him talk. He's kind of a, seemed like he's kind of a media guy. Like he seems like he's very much uh, interested in doing that. Um, but I just, and I know some people have some concerns, like he hasn't had enough big 12 or top 25 wins um, and that he's a little bit of a flight risk. I don't think he's much of a flight risk. Uh, Temple to Baylor, that seems like a pretty obvious move. You're really good at Temple. You go to a, a power five program yep. uh, and then you get a shot to be an NFL head coach. I think that makes sense to go do that. Uh, he's very young. He's less, he's not even 50. Um, yeah. I think, I think he's, he's smart. He's analytical. He's very well positioned to succeed in the modern college football. Um, I think he's very well positioned to succeed us, utilizing NIL also. Yeah. Um, he, NFL connection. I, you know, on his short interview with game day today, he mentioned a lot of his, um, basically his recruiting pitch to guys is going to be development and getting you to the NFL. Yeah. So I think utilizing his NFL experience is going to be crucial there. Uh, you've seen a lot of a lot of the modern successful college football programs have coaches that have been in and out of the NFL uh, and can pitch that getting you to the league angle. Um, let's see here. Uh, Patriot Husker says, will players leave if Mickey isn't on the staff? Yes. I mean, yeah, they yeah. will. But you'll also get players to come in. You're not going to get, I don't think you're going to get a mass exodus. I think it'd mainly be wide receivers. Right. I also like if wide receivers have Mickey Joseph as a head coach, I think that's great. But I think for like a wide receiver personally, you'd rather have Mickey Joseph as your position coach because mm-hmm. he's the best in the country. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you're going to get anyone like a mass exodus. Like what the fuck? You might get like Malachi Coleman to um on decommit he actually tweeted out this morning that he is ready to go like he was ready to work on a a quote tweeting a rule tweet um i think you're i mean you're gonna have a lot of turnover this year that's that was always gonna happen no matter who you hired yeah i think that this is probably a coach that players will like and stay even if some other guys leave Mm -hmm. um yeah inevitably like I, that's why I think, I mean, I have written down here, day one items for Matt Rule. Number one is going and talking with Mickey Joseph, seeing what he wants to do, seeing what number it would be to keep him. Um, I think Mickey Joseph is worth being the highest paid assistant coach in the country, even if he's not your coordinator next year. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be the coordinator. I don't either. Anyway. Uh, I don't either. He, um, yeah, I think you could put him as like a recruiting coordinator. Yes. Or passing game coordinator, which he has which been. Which he was, past. yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing, I think Bill Bush probably worth being paid five hundred thousand plus, even if he is just your special teams coach. Bill Bush is also an ace recruiter; has been the lead recruiter on two different teams that have gone undefeated. Um, another name out there that I want to mention with very close ties with Matt Rule, Joe Brady. He fired Joe Brady, didn't he? He fired Joe Brady. It was a very amicable firing. Uh, Joe Brady kind of wanted to be out of there. Yeah. Um, they're still friends. It's widely reported that it was sort of a very, very mutual, as mutual as it could have been situation. Yeah. And it was sort of the the beginning of the end of Matt Rule being the coach there. Uh-huh. Um, but letting, it was sort of like, a, hey, we'll let you leave and go find the job you want type of mm-hmm. firing. Uh, Joe Brady, now the quarterback's coach. 
uh, of the Buffalo Bills, but was the offense and passing game coordinator of what was the most prolific passing game in college football history, the 2019 LSU Tigers. LSU. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also previous experience working with Mickey Joseph. Yeah. So a name out there, I think that would be a huge hire. So where, where is he with the Bills? He's the quarterback's coach. Quarterback's coach. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's probably so he's definitely looking for another job. He's definitely not looking to. No, start. right. He's too good yeah. to be the quarterbacks coach. Has only been coaching since 2017. And just real quick, um, on his NFL experience, it doesn't really matter if you lose the NFL as a college coach. I think we all know that. If it went right. five and eleven, five and twelve, one and four. Obviously, didn't work out. Um, no one's really worked out in Carolina. He had a revolving no. door of quarterbacks, um, and also like I respect him for getting in the batter's box and keeping. He kept trying to kept just swing it. Yeah, kept, kept swinging. swinging. It get, was not get me Sam Darnold, get me Baker Mayfield. The, yeah. Um, and we've seen, honestly, even in the NFL, we've seen guys not succeed in their first job in the NFL and succeed in their second. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So the NFL is oftentimes a second job league. You make a lot of mistakes your first time around. A lot of college coaches. So like Pete Carroll was very unsuccessful in his first stint as an NFL head coach with the Patriots before he left, came back to USC. Nick Saban was fired after two years of coaching the Dolphins. Urban Meyer, who everyone would have loved to hire, had about the most embarrassing stint as NFL head coaches you could have had. Not everyone. Some of our subscribers did not like that. What? Us suggesting that Urban Meyer might be the next head coach at Nebraska. I feel like as soon as he was hired, people would have switched. We would have been the Iron Dome deflecting any criticism from Urban Meyer. 100%. Personally, you and I still would have made fun of him, but we would have probably... We would have been excited about it, but we also would never have stopped making fun of him. He would probably hate us if he ever knew who we were. We were working at, I was working at a hotel um, in Lincoln. I was working at the restaurant uh, in college when he was still the head coach at Ohio State. And they stayed at the hotel we were, or I worked at, and they had to like come around, tell every staff member, if you talk to Urban Meyer, you're fired. Like you cannot talk to Urban Meyer. (laughs) Oh my God. So at the end of the day, you know, no one, I don't think there's any chance anyone, unless Urban Meyer won a national championship here, um, he, I think he would have kind of a sordid legacy. Um, but that's out the window now. We're on to Matt Rule. Um, have kind of an interesting start to the season next year. Uh, we start against, we start at Minnesota, then at Colorado, who will probably have Deion Sanders as their head coach. Yeah, that's crazy. Then Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, those should both be easy wins. Then Michigan, and then at Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue. I have Michigan. Why is Michigan twice on here? Uh, you have oh, Mi- Michigan, Michigan, State. Michigan State. Yeah. Yep. Then Maryland at Wisconsin, and then Iowa, who is our bitch now. So <laughs> getting to a bowl game seems kind of reasonable, I think. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of expectation on this year. I don't think you are coming into this season thinking you have to win. Like, I don't think there's really any record expectations at all. Um, I mean, if you win, no, like, not in year one, if right. you win like one game, maybe that's something will happen. Um, obviously, we've seen it this year. The Big Ten West is fucking terrible. So I don't think that there's going to be any expectations to win the Big Ten West. But next year is the last year of the Big Ten West. Not impossible. Right. Um, that Here's would what be I would fucking like. sweet. If if we could just be in contention for a bowl game in November, yeah. I think I'll be happy. If we could have three wins or four wins going into November where it's like we could still maybe do this, then I'll, I'll be happy with that in year one. 
Uh, let me see an offensive line that isn't Swiss cheese. Let me see a defense that's very competent, which we did have this year towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it'd be nice to start the season that way as well. Um, and yeah, I think it really depends on the assistance he brings in. Because I think if he can retain Mickey, I think if he can get Joe Brady, uh-huh. I think if he can uh, retain Bill Bush, that you're going to have a really, really good assistant pool of guys, you know, three guys on your staff that are probably like almost head coaching level guys. Yeah. Where I think you could realistically make a bowl game in your one. I just, and if we have, I'm not sure um, where people are watching from. Shout out to you guys for watching. Uh, like and subscribe. We appreciate the fuck out of you. Um, ooh, excuse me. Um, when you think about this staff, uh, I think... Matt Rule is an incredible relationships guy. I think the guys that he can reach out to to become coordinators um, is ridiculous. I think the coaches, the high school coaches at like high prof- high, high profile uh, schools in Texas in these like high profile recruiting states is very high. He's done that before, and it was pretty. It was a pretty successful move for him going and yeah. getting the current coach at Texas Tech, but plucking him from the high school ranks. He was just a, a high school head coach, which. High school coaches in in uh, Texas making like 150k a year, so it's yeah, it's it's not that much of a vertical movement. But it, still, I think yeah, there's I mean, and just being in the NFL, being around a lot of those guys, opens you up to a lot more options um, for assistance. And he's I know he was doing he did Good Morning Football. He's had like an interesting last like two weeks. A lot of press. publicly, like a he's been he just went on Good Morning Football. Which have you watched any Good Morning Football? This I year? love that show. Yeah, Peter Schrager. Shout out. You big Peter Schrager guy? I am. Yeah. Um, you watched Kyle Brandt's Basement yet with Josh Allen? No, I haven't watched it either. We'll definitely check it out. Um, but he's. I think he's had like a refreshing two weeks. I think he knew he was going to be coming back to coaching. Obviously, but you know, he was tweeting out pictures with his family, with his dogs, just kind of hanging out. He said very. Rec- of, he was tweeting a lot of stuff. I mean, he was very active on Twitter. Just after- very recently, like just. This is like two days ago, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, uh, saying, you know, whatever's next for me, whether I come back to coaching on Monday or whether I'm coaching, uh, you know, in a year or so, we'll see what happens. But we believe Carolina's payout to him, he had to be searching for or had to have a job in coaching to get his buyout money. Is that what we decided on? Yeah, I think he just had to be pursuing a job, I think, was was the specific. Um, But I mean... What you really like about that is Matt Rule could have just sat on his butt or, you know, pretended to search for jobs and collect a bunch of money. Yeah. You have a guy who wants to get out there and coach. Yeah. So you have a guy that wants to work. And I think uh, it's important to announce him now, get him on the road now, get him recruiting, get him hiring his staff. Um, another good thing I think retaining some of the members of the staff would do is it helps you evaluate the team a lot quicker mm-hmm. and it helps you uh, recruit your team and your recruiting class a lot faster to get as many of them signed as possible so you can hit the uh, the window between the first and second signing day as hard as you can. Because the problem, and I wanted to kind of address uh, people who may be listening who aren't necessarily Nebraska fans, uh, there's been a lot of like national media coverage that Nebraska can't recruit and like our recruiting base is bad, and that's why we stink. It's not uh, Nebraska. Maybe plays one. Well, they definitely play one, maybe two teams a year that have higher talent than them. Um, our problem. Our problem has just been development. These guys are not yeah. getting developed. Yeah, like, Re- development all, and retention. They're all talented when they come in here. There's just been like zero recruit. I think you kind of saw that when you saw. Um, 
who's the corner, the smaller fella who stepped up? Um, this year he had that punt for the touch return for a touchdown. He had a couple interceptions. Every team kept trying him. What? Our for, corner. For Nebraska. Yeah. A smaller corner that stepped up. Yeah. Freshman. Oh, uh, Malcolm Harzog. Malcolm Harzog. Yeah. See, he's not a he, big kid. He's a little bit. His frame is a little skinny, but he'll get there. He's real short. I got to look this up. I yeah. thought he was like six foot two. This might be a situation like when he thought Juju was 30 years old. Uh, but Nebraska's problem is not really recruiting. Like even now, like we've been top 25-ish in recruiting forever. And our teams have been terrible. Six foot, 175. Are you six foot? Mm-hmm. Sheesh. Generous six foot. Uh, shout out to him. He made a lot of big plays this year. Well, also football program six foot is probably 5'10". Yeah, probably 5'10". <laughs> yeah. Uh, it definitely is not the size of the guys he's going against. But right. He's, I mean, even like when they were making plays on him, it was just like throw it up to their taller receiver. Like he was well covering guys. Yeah. They were just, they had, you know, more reach than he had. And he, you know, he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Plays on the ball, you're going to be, you know, and guys, you know, I think getting those plays on the ball when you've got a guy covered is something that's going to happen when you get through the weight room for a couple of years, right? Once you get up to 205 instead of 175, you're going to be making a lot more of those plays. You'll be able to box out guys. You'll be a step faster. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Chad. Bright future you. for a lot of the... Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks, chat. Um, yeah. <laughs> the... Um, Sorry, where was I? I lost my place. A couple, a couple of freshmen stepped up this year. I actually really liked Gifford at safety this game. I think it yeah. might be something. Well. Yeah, and played a lot of non-zone coverage, right? We ran zero blitzes probably 20 times that game. Zero blitz meaning um, you send uh, basically as many guys as you can then everyone else is in man coverage. So mm-hmm. Gifford having to cover tight ends, having to cover slot receivers one-on-one all the way down the field. Uh, and he did a really good job, but having him play safety was really interesting. I think yeah. it, it definitely added an element to our, our run stopping ability. Having guys who can make really good tackles in the third level was a big game changer for our defense yesterday. Um, Ernest Hausman, Edva Maga Clemens. I know we, we were getting away from talking about the game, but I wanted to mention Hausman had a really good game. Yeah. He's a freshman. Hartzog's been playing well. He's a freshman. I really like. That's what uh, I love seeing out of this Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush. It's like mm-hmm. this guy's. You know, maybe this guy starting is not getting the job done. Let's get him out. Let's get this young kid in there. We think he can. They're giving guys chances. That's what I like to see. Because like without through the Frost era, it felt like you would see guys just not playing well. And it was obvious. Yeah. And they would just keep starting and keep starting and keep starting, which is a problem probably for two reasons. Either you have no one to step up and play okay, which is a huge problem, or you're just totally incompetent uh, and can't figure that out. And obviously, Scott Frost, not incompetent, super genius, greatest coach of all time. Yep. Um, Frost advisory. But it feels like, do you feel like, like, do you feel like a weight's lifted off? Do you feel like, like now we go? Is this? This was the best 24 hours uh, that the Husker football program has had in a very long time. I was thinking about this this morning. I don't know back since when. Man, I don't know. Like, did we feel, I don't know if we felt this good. Uh, I think we felt better when Frost was hired because we all were like rabid. True, but it was coming off a loss to Iowa where he gave up like 56 points. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this, I know some fans don't like are going to say not enough top 25 wins, that kind of stuff. Most of his coaching was at Temple or like half of his coaching was at Temple. If you win a ranked game at Temple, you're a fucking legend. I think they beat Penn State while he was at Temple, which is his former school. They could have, I mean, he could have gone wherever he wanted 
in 2019. When did he go to wherever he wanted? He could have gone wherever he wanted. Yeah, he could have. He, a lot of people reporting that he turned down Auburn. Report, reported on game day today, uh, Mr. Hugh Freeze looks to be going to Auburn. Uh, he just signed an extension. Sorry. Holy smokes. He's Auburn's at Liberty, have right? to pay a huge buyout. Really? Okay, okay they'll Hugh pay Freeze everyone. They, they, they pay I, I think that's a good hire. I think that's a good hire. Yeah. Then um, it looks like Lane Kiffin's getting an extension at Ole Miss. Yeah. I don't know if something we've established but. the college football world is known for a long time. Auburn, not afraid to cheat, not afraid to hire coaches who cheat. And you pretty much need to do that in the NCC. So yeah, just hire a few freeze. Um, did a good job rehabilitating his image at Liberty. What was he buying prostitutes, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it turned out that he wasn't buying prostitutes for the players but that uh his phone a phone that was uh, registered to Ole Miss had called like 18 different agencies that he had used on recruiting trips not good Uh, stuff Patriot Husker said Colton Feast also stepped up he's a Nebraska Colton Feast yeah UTAN shout out UTAN Feast stepped up he had a really good game um is that that Patriot like New England Patriots because I think Scott you might have a new best friend uh, if so, then yeah. Yeah, it felt like Colton Feast did. St- a lot of guys stepped up. He Colton Feast makes a lot of swarm tackles. Yeah, um, he makes also so like many- a lot of guys stepping up is awesome, but it kind of highlights that you have like no development. Yeah, we. we I really was noticing that yesterday. That um, ideally you want to have like a six man rotation on your D line, and we really only had four or five, and you, we didn't rotate the guys in the middle. Feast and Robinson played the whole game. Yeah. Um, you, you did get Hupmacher in there a little bit when you'd want to do a true three, four. Otherwise we were looking like at like a two, five situation where you'd have two edges playing stand up defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so feast is probably, I mean, I think he would even say he's undersized to play a three, four D tackle. Yeah. Um, if we were playing a four, three, it'd be a little bit different. He could play a three or a one tech and I think you'd be more effective, um, but yeah, I mean, he battled all season facing guys that are 50 pounds heavier than him facing guys with longer arms, guys who are going to be in the NFL. And he just mm-hmm. kept fighting all year. Didn't get injured, played almost every snap, made a ton of swarm tackles yesterday, which I like to see. Uh, Ty Robinson was destroying Iowa's offensive line. That was awesome. It was awesome. That was, and I mean, we, we were, we're kind of just jumping back and forth, which is fine. Uh, that it was so fucking sweet to beat Iowa. I said to yeah. you on, I, I believe I said it on the show. If not, I will confess that I said it. I was not happy that there were stakes on this game. I did not think yeah. we were going to win. I just wanted the season to be over. Um, shame on me. And I, and I'm a very positive fan. Like I'm pretty much like, <laughs> Scott could attest that there have been seasons where I'm like, I think this is the this one. Is and the he's guy, like, yeah, no, Luke McCaffrey, he's the man. <laughs> like I'm, the, I'm like that about pretty much everything. And coming into this game, I was like, hell, yeah. oh, I do not want to watch this football. Yeah, you're obviously Joey, watched, Joey Kool-Aid. Yeah, I'm Joey Kool-Aid. And lo and behold, Joey two scoops. I did. Did you feel comfortable when we were up 17? Nothing. I was not comfortable until we were up 24. Nothing. And then I was like, OK, I actually feel pretty good now. Um, Did I feel comfortable when we were up 17? I when did I be? I'm trying to think when I so became 17. Nothing was halftime. The fumble. I was comfortable until we had the fumble. Oh, my God. And I, then I was happen? like, oh, crap. Um, that football. How did he fumble it? He just didn't have two hands on it. It was going through the pile. Really heads up play by that Iowa uh, defender. The play, um, good call by the ref. Swallow his whistle. Let let him get forward progress instead of (laughs) blowing that dead early. 
Um, yeah, you just you got to hang on the ball. You got to hang on the ball. It sucks for Romeo Johnson because we saw when he did get the ball. Very right, but if you're in a pile in that situation, don't you just drop to the floor? Well, he just so hold on he for dropped, dear life and just the Iowa around. guy was on the ground. He fell onto an Iowa player without being down, and the Iowa player was able to get the ball free. While it's dirty play, dude. It's disgusting. Um, Can't have it. Shoot, where were we? Um, just Nebraska, oh, just seventeen zero. Were you comfortable in that game? Or, yes, yes. It was twenty four seven Iowa with the ball on our thirty when I became uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And the the punt we talked about earlier, but us punting from the thirty two yard line that drove me crazy. Yeah, that's like one of the pivotal plays I did not see. I actually there were a couple times well, I saw we a tweet. We I saw a tweet about game. it. I actually liked that. I thought that was the right move. I do. Do you trust oh. our O line to get the push there? To get the push on a fourth and one. Oh, that fourth and one um, for the punt. Because Iowa's offense, they kind of they drove once or twice, but they I mean they don't even have their starting. There were there in. were two punts on the fourth quarter that I would not have punted. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes, I would have trusted our line to get the push there on the one where Trey Palmer extended the Iowa um, safety, kind of weight roomed him, pulled him back by his jersey. Um, That's weight room. That is weight room. It, you know, Iowa never accused of having not strong players, Mm-mm. but. Um, Dude, they have some interesting looking players. Also. They do. They all their players are the exact same like type of white guy, like the exact same <laughs> type, like like weird beards, like yeah, all like look like George Kittle. Yes, like I cannot get over how they all look kind of the exact same. Right, it's absolutely hilarious. Okay, we're back. So Nebraska, Joe, hired a very expensive search firm for this. Uh, CSA, based out of Rally. A lot of rumors that Nebraska was even using Urban Meyer to consult. How much do you think this was up in the air until they made the hire? Because obviously this search was started before Matt Rule was hired. Mm -hmm. So when do you think they zeroed in on Matt Rule as their guy? Do you think he was someone that was there on day one for them? Or do you think it was something that kind of came around a month or two into the search? Uh, I think Matt Rule. Well, I don't think Matt Rule was really in serious discussions until at least after he was fired from the Panthers. Um, I think that's pretty clear. But I think he's been in conversations for a long, long time. I was I. The search, mean, firm, the search firm is based out of Raleigh. Yeah. And a name, that's an obvious name, too. True. I think Trev probably reached out to just about every human he possibly could. And a guy like that is incredibly obvious to talk to. So I don't think that there's any way you can't talk to him. Um, bless you, dude. I'm muted. Nice. Um, but I just, I'm a little interested to see what the reporting was about when it was reported that he turned down the job. I don't know if that was what happened. I think there was some hiccups with uh, him, Nebraska and Carolina. I don't think he directly said no, but I think he's, he's, you know, he's been around the bend for quite a while. Yeah. Well, this was one of the longest coaching searches in the history of college football. Uh, One of the most high profile searches also with the amount of really high uh, profile names connected. So I think you could probably write a book about this coaching search. And there's going to be a lot of what ifs surrounding this over the next few years, especially if Matt Rule doesn't work out, which I think he will. But um, you wonder who said no or who might have been hired with this. I mean, who would have said? I think the only people that could have said no would be Fickle and Meyer. Yeah. I don't really know if they had anyone higher. Maybe Kleinman they had higher than Rule on their list that would have said no. 
Who did Nebraska say no to? Who did Nebraska say no to? Um, what do you mean? Who did Nebraska? Who wanted this job that Nebraska didn't give it to? I would bet. Well, a lot. Um, and like serious people, uh, I would think Leipold. Yeah, for sure. Is way up there. Yeah, he had he had that extension sitting on his desk for a long, long time. Do we know what day was that where his announcement was made? I think his and DeBoer's was the same day. Was it was within 10 minutes of each other? Yeah, uh, yeah so the CSA uh, private those, plane those landed in Nebraska. And uh, what's his name? Stoops were all in, within a few days. I think that's around when they were. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, uh, shoot, what was that, Wednesday? I believe that was Wednesday of this week. Um, but yeah, then another one uh, that came out that Wednesday was Lane Kiffin telling his boys that he was going to stay well, and he, also trolling Auburn. So he didn't really even say interested that. in the Auburn job. He said he was probably saying, right? So we'll see what opens up. Uh, that was the he, most Lane Kiffin answer. Hey, guys, I'm pretty sure I'm going to say But he didn't say that until... Until the day after all those guys also signed their their extensions. Mm -hmm. So I believe that Lane Kiffin wanted this job. Probably. I don't think he wanted to stay at Ole Miss. I think if we know Lane Kiffin at all. And also, I think it's probably for the best that we didn't get him. I think he's a really good coach. Yeah. Um, And I don't think Matt Rule is like a crazy flight risk, but I think he's a little bit of a flight risk. Um, Lane Lane to Nebraska seems like a real fit. Uh, obviously, his dad was a legendary defensive coordinator here. Yeah, he's talked about the Nebraska program quite a bit for a guy who's never coached around here, and he's a guy who bounces around jobs a lot. So, and he'll probably be coaching around 20, 25 years. So, I think Lane to Nebraska, in some capacity, is going to happen eventually. Really, eventually. Like I really do as a head coach. I really do as a head coach. Well, here's what I this is. Um, I wanted to talk about Matt Rule as a potential flight risk. So he spent three years at Temple, three years at Baylor. Uh, almost three years at Carolina, obviously was fired there. I don't think he's much of a flight risk here. I think that there might be some jobs he would take over Nebraska, but if he has Nebraska winning and there, mm-hmm. are, you know, Nebraska wins 10, 11 games, I don't really know unless he gets like another NFL head coaching job, which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon. No, I don't really know where you go. Like Penn State. Maybe Penn State, but, that's, but now with an eight year contract, if also if Nebraska's winning, and obviously, he went to Penn State, played at Penn State. That's a big thing. Yeah, uh, can't totally you understand. Just, you that. can never rule out the alma mater. Sure. Sort of like Bo Pelini with Ohio State. But if Nebraska is winning, mm-hmm. like there's no, there's only a couple places that we would consider a better job, and those are places yeah. like right. huge, right. like Ohio State, Alabama. I, mean, I don't even know if you. I mean, you'd probably put Ohio State in that as a better job, yes. but you wouldn't necessarily like leave to go to that place because they don't have, they're not in like, well, the thing is if Ohio state became open, it wouldn't be because they were losing. It'd be because Ryan day left to the NFL. Mm -hmm. So then you'd be taking over a really good program. Yeah. Same thing. If you were to take over Penn state right now, it would be, it would, you'd be taking over a really good program because James, James Franklin has had a very rocky relationship with the administration of Penn state for three, four years now. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, I think that that that's clear that he could leave eventually. That that's the only one I'd be looking at. Which I also, think, like, I don't think it's an NFL job, but I think I think Penn State, Penn State is our main. There. And if also, he were if to leave. he leaves, like if he leaves, he's probably winning here. Like if and so, okay, like if that's worst case scenario, like he wins, he does well here, and then another place wants him. Like okay, yeah, then our like program is in a better spot. Yeah, right, in a if better he's spot. wanted. If he leaves, then he will have already done his job, and then Nebraska is in a better spot. 
Um, and here's the other thing. I really like Trev Alberts. Yeah. I dog. think he is um, very capable of making another good hire if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's young, too. He's going to be around. Yeah. They're going to try and keep him around forever. And there's a very good chance that they do so. Uh, I know you have to leave kind of soon. Uh, oh, yeah. I got to bounce. I wanted to ask you one quick question before go you go. Mm-hmm. So, Scott Frost, I, I think we, me, meaning you and me, know Trev Alberts wanted Scott Frost gone when he got here. Didn't have the fan support. Didn't have the uh, money support from the bigwigs. Do you think it was the right move to keep him, considering that the coaching cycle last year was insane. There was huge, a lot of huge programs hiring. There weren't necessarily a lot of candidates to go around. So do you think all things considered, it'll be good that we kept Scott Frost, even though we fired him fucking three weeks in? That's a really good question. Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So if this works out, then yes. But the other thing I have to put into account is how much like strain you put on the fan base this year. Like you risked losing the sellout streak this year. That was in real danger yeah. before that Indiana game. Um, and you also knowingly wasted a year of a lot of players that um, have meant a lot to this organization. Sure. So if that was the case, if you really didn't believe in Scott Frost, which it seems like you probably didn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's a, a tough decision to make. <laughs> um, yeah. did, did knowing how many coaches looking for a job way into it, I think as an AD, you have to, right? Yeah. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes that, that he was thinking about that last year. But ultimately, it came down to the money. Right. And yeah. the fan base, the yeah. fan base wanted to keep Scott Frost into the year. Yeah. Um, and I think. And then, like at the time, it didn't like that. I think that still made sense, especially obviously the buyout thing. He couldn't even make it fucking five weeks, whatever. So it didn't end up mattering. But I think the way that they restructured things, it just it seemed like this. This team was going to be so much better. It was the defense got so much worse. Just everything kind of imploded. Uh, can you, if you guys could uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate the hell out of you. Um, I, and obviously we are not fans of Scott Frost. Well, Frost advisory. Um, well, here's the thing. Scott Frost is a good coach. He's a really good play caller. Elite play caller. Um, I think that there was a lot of things in Nebraska that um, Scott dealt with here in you know ways that he probably regretted that he won't have if he goes and, be, and becomes a head coach elsewhere. Uh-huh. As in... Or even in, offensive coordinator. Hanging with the boys? There's a lot of different... Talking about golfing? You talking about There's golfing? a lot of things. There's a lot of things. He's a really good golfer. Yeah, maybe he should go to Scottsdale or... Yeah. Uh, he should go to a... He should just go South to a tour. Florida. He should go to a tour. He can golf year-round. That'd be sweet. He is a good golfer. It's a very... And a half handicap. That's pretty legit. That's, that's, that's a pretty legit score. He's yeah. a good athlete, you know. Hard worker. Dude. Probably doesn't have to golf that much to get mm-hmm. that, right? No, probably never. <laughs> no, he put his blood, sweat, and tears into this yeah. program. I wonder, I'm interested to see how the media acts around Rule, though. Because they did not cover Frost. Uh, been a little bit of criticism on them kind of throwing softballs over the plate for Scott Frost. And questions and, and how not they reported. reporting on some of the things that they might have known about. Right, that they definitely well, knew about. Yeah, I don't think they had an option. Which is because one, because the fan base wouldn't let them. The fan base, at least fifty percent of the fan base, if they reported on anything that was, you know, speculation. Obviously, you didn't have a proof to a lot of things that came out. Um, 
if anyone had mentioned anything like that, the fan base would have attacked them and they would have lost a lot of access to the program, which, you know, for them is sure. everything. I so get that, but I like, don't, I don't blame the media for that. Um, I, I, I will blame them just because like, I get all that stuff and that's true. But like, also how am I going to ever think that you're legit? If it's like, there were okay, a couple guys that would mention things where you just had to like read between the lines. Yeah. They were because what I was surprised this year is Nebraska media seemed way more down on the program going into this year than outside media did, which is usually mm. the opposite. Mm. So that was sort of the first big clue. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, do you have any final thoughts on Matt Rule taking over this program? I love it. Um, everybody, if you can, send a map to Gretna for Matt Rule so we can go <laughs> go and recruit the best quarterback in the history of the state. Uh, oh, you tweeted perfect. that out. Uh, I did tweet that over out. underscore show. I thought you were just telling him to live in Gretna. No, I was telling him to go and get a map and... Uh, Try everything you can to get Zane Flores. Yeah. He's a high three-star, low four-star, rivals Elite 11 finalist. He can, has, you know, he is the best arm to ever come out of the state of Nebraska. It's a shame that he's not going to be playing here. Doesn't even hold a Nebraska offer. Mm-hmm. We've never visited him. He's never visited here. Um, he's come to a few camps here. Still, he just never got an offer from us. Um, although I do really like the quarterback that we have, uh, William Watson out of Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Pop Watson. What a pop. Four-time state champion out of Massachusetts. He's a really good player. And um, Masshole? I just think you can't let Zane Flores go without at least an offer and a visit. Yeah. So, so that's he, what I got. He's a masshole? I don't know if he is or not. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, sure. If he likes, I'll go I'll go and see if he follows the Celtics or not. We'll see. Okay. In that case, then maybe I am on his side. But We're, we're going to tap out for the day. We'll have some shows uh, coming for you this week. Scott, uh, hardworking man, is going to be in the great state of Florida. Uh, so he'll be zooming in for Zoom those show. shows. Um, but that's what we have for today. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. Like, subscribe, please. Uh, I'm going to upload, or I'm going to go over some NFL picks, stuff like that. Uh, it'll just be me, but I'm lonesome. Um, but we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Uh, Till next time. See ya. Go Matt Rule, baby.